Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, welcome back to 32 Fans. I am Akiva Wieneker. There is no Alex Chester. I don't know where he is. He says he's out. When he says he's out, that doesn't mean like he's doing something important that I would be okay with him being out. Uh, while he has me do this at 2.30 in the morning, it's probably he's doing something stupid or like at a friend's house. Not like getting Dairy Queen for his wife, who's no longer pregnant. I don't know. I don't know what Chester's doing, but uh, let's see if he's back for the next one we record tonight. But anyway, we have a new guest. Um, this is our, one of our first new guests of the, uh, I'd say, of the first half of the 32 that we've done so far. Uh, I met him through Twitter. And, uh, and l- let's see how this goes. I'm excited. So we have a Chicago, Chicago Bears fan, Jake Freud, with a Dick Butkus signed jersey. I think that's signed um, right in back of him. Uh, yeah, I don't think you ever saw Jake Buck- Dick Butkus' play. He looks pretty young. Don't I, I let's Jake. First of all, how are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, we don't recording this right after that crazy uh Clippers, yeah, uh, Mavericks game where Luka Doncic had that crazy buzzer beater. So, you know, sports are back and super excited for football to get back. Yeah, double bang. I don't know if you heard Mike Breen's call. Is people are very excited that he, he said bang twice. <laughs> Apparently, he's only done it two times a uh, Steph Curry three and now. To, to you know, buzzer beater, and now and now this two double I mean, bangs in history. I wonder what it's gonna have to take to get a triple bang. That's a good question. I think if it was like Game Seven NBA Finals, and you did that, that that's probably a triple bang. It's it's a little bit more of a European like soccer announcer style to just like like Andreas Cantor just do like ten bangs in a row. Like a bang, like bang, bang. Yeah, exactly. Once you're once you're doing more than two, you may as well just keep saying it. Uh, I don't. I don't know if you'd ever get a, tri- a, a triple bang. But anyway, um, you have a Dick Butkus jersey behind you. I'm going to guess you never even saw Mike Singletary play, though, because you look young. I am no my you know my uh, my OG Bears middle linebacker is Brian Urlacher, and there's probably going to be yeah. a lot of Bears fans who gasp at that comment. But you know, I've I've done my research, and you know, my dad told me all the stories about Butkus and Singletary and Wilbur Marshall. Even you know, we got the throwbacks. Yeah, I spent. Um, a lot of time during quarantine do like going over old NFL seasons and trying to write something, which I sort of, I don't want to say abandoned, but I stopped doing two thirds of the way through. Um, and, uh, but I, but I went back and watched like every Sounds old like Super Matt Nagy's Bowl. commitment to the run game. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> every old Super Bowl, uh, really like every big game from 60, whatever, whenever TV essentially started on, 
Um, so honestly, it's not a, like there's not a ton of Bears stuff. It's pre you don't see any Butkus, and then the Bears are mostly irrelevant in the '70s, right? Uh, right. The Bears were one of the most dominant teams pre Super Bowl. Era. Sure. Like sure. the Bears, I believe, are either first or second in NFL history in terms of raw championships, but they yeah, only have so their one the Super Bowl in 1985. Right. So they're relevant, and then they like start being good. You know, still never had a quarterback. Their best, their best quarterback ever, still probably is Sid Luckman. You know, the Jewish guy from the uh, from the 40s. But um, and and it's also embarrassing. Like, do you know who the Bears' all-time leading receiver is? It's okay if you don't know because he's not even famous. Um, uh, that's, in terms of in terms of yardage, yeah. In terms of receiving yardage, yes. Um, Brandon Marshall. It's that's it, not a terrible guess, but no. But it's like it's equally embarrassing because Marshall's only on the Bears for how many years? Like, Two years, right. three years. Well, he's on a little uh, longer than that. But but uh, yeah, it's it like they've never really had they've never had a good quarterback or receiver somehow. No, I, I, be, I believe I think Cutler holds basically all the passing records. Yes, Cutler has the passing records now, but Luckman had them for many things. But anyway, yeah. and then they're just like good out of nowhere in '85. I went chronologically, and they're and it's like oh my god, this team like even though I'm spoiled, like I know who wins you know all the all the playoff <laughs> games and Super Bowls. Like it's like oh this team's going to be dominant, and obviously you know they, they don't go back again until you know for 20 years. But it is funny, like seeing that team be so good, and then, um, and then just like uh, falling off afterwards. Where they had, like people don't even know the '85 Bears. They like had two starters hold up. People used to hold out in the '80s because they were getting paid like eighty grand, and they were like Pro Bowlers. Uh, right. You know, and, and then it was it was very uh, inequitable. Like there would be, you know, the guy in his position making like four hundred twenty grand. So it wasn't like nobody was getting paid, but the bottom was so low. So they had they actually had two starters on the 85 Bears, like just missed the season and probably feel very stupid because like whoever took their place was at least equally good. Um, and then and yeah, and then the Bears go away. So I haven't I haven't watched too much Bears. in my. Uh, well, the only thing I, you know, I, I do know yeah. that in 86, the Bears were uh, basically just as dominant as they were before. But then injury to Jim McMahon basically sabotaged that you know any chance they have yeah, that McMahon was not bad I think people people have this impression that he was that he was bad and he wasn't especially like because uh Peyton's not washed by that point but he's not really Walter Payton anymore um and you know so they they did rely on him and they didn't ha- really have good receivers yeah they go 14 and 2 the next year they, they right. of course but that was that was the year with the Char- with the Charles Martin you know the dirty hit one of the dirtiest hits in NFL history just you know straight bounty on Jim McMahon's head Packers Bears yeah. yeah Mike Tom Zach ends up playing and uh, yeah they had all the they still had all the good players on defense but uh, right. it was not to be anyway let's talk about the 2020 Bears yes. um, all right so uh, Mike Tom Zach and Jim McMahon no more but Nick Foles in Jimmy Graham in uh, Janie Danny Trevathan resigned uh, Robert Quinn was I think not on this team last year right now he's on the right team. he was one of our big signees this offseason mm-hmm Artie Burns Unfortunately, um, Burns tore his ACL in practice last week. So yes, okay. yeah, Burns yes. is out for the year. Um, and then, uh, in terms of players who were out, Amukamara, eh, not a huge loss. Uh, is there anybody else who really you'd consider a huge loss that that's gone from last year's team? Yeah, so you know the Bears, and we were just talking about the middle linebackers: Erlacher, Singletary, Bugkiss. Even Lance Briggs is a weak side linebacker still playing in coverage. That traditional what we call middle linebacker role today. Bears have always had a great history of that. And the next linebacker to join that group, what we believe is going to be Roquan Smith. Eighth overall pick two years ago. You know, he held out, but, and he was injured a little bit in his first year. But one, he has played. He's been very good. Extremely quick sideline to sideline, makes great reads. 
basically already, you know, calling out the plays and one of the captains of the defense. Now, when uh, Trevathan got hurt last year, Nick Kwiatkowski came in and he stepped up and he played really, really well. Kwiatkowski has been a member of the team for a while, mostly in a special teams role. He would play that second middle linebacker position occasionally, but last year he really broke out and the Bears let him get away. Vegas ended up signing, the Raiders signed him. Uh, three-year deal, $21 million. And I was really hoping that the Bears would re-sign him, even over Trevathan, because while Trevathan is a great player, he's kind of getting up there in age. Kwiatkowski is much younger, and he's playing really great. Uh, but that's being said, Trevathan still one of the leaders of the team and one of the, still a great middle linebacker. And the Bears' defense is still locked and loaded, ready to go. As you said, Robert Quinn replacing Leonard Floyd on the outside. Floyd never really lived up to his draft position, and Quinn is definitely going to be a great replacement to pair up with Cleo Mack getting to the opponent's quarterbacks. Yeah, all right. So let's start on really on the offensive side of the ball. I'd say if I w- if we we do quarterback rankings that really at the end of the previews, Alex and I, so we have not done them yet. Sure. But if I did QB sort of, I don't want to say stability, but if we talked about quarterbacks based on like how set the position is, doesn't necessarily mean how good the player is, but like how set they are. And you know, that, I guess that would start with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs at one. I, I off the top of my head, I guess this team would be thirty-two then. Oh, like without the a doubt. Yeah, is the quarterback of the future on the roster? Uh, I'm trying to think who else could even really compete for the 32nd spot right now. I mean, you know, in, in, you want to say Denver's not sold on Drew Locke? I'd say okay, or or you know, Oakland's one year away from turning. You know, the I would, uh, no, I, Drew the Locke. I think is, Drew Locke. I think is firmly entrenched as Denver's quarterback. Uh-huh. I would say the, the other quarterback battles are going to be in Miami with Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, but Tua is the guy. That, no, but I'm saying like – 100%, 100%. He's the quarterback of the, ro- of the future on the roster, even if they're not necessarily starting this year or being a starter. Oh, of that aspect, yeah. Then maybe you can only compare it to, say, the Jaguars if you're not a believer in Gardner Minshew. Maybe yeah, the Rams I guess the if you're not a believer in Jared Goff, but they mm-hmm. paid Jared Goff so much money, you can't really move on from him at this point. Right. And, you know, they got yeah, Blake Bortles too, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say anywhere – <laughs> Foles is or has been because I'd say I'd say this team in Jacksonville would would have to be 31 and 32. Um, right. So talk about the QB battle as you see it now in terms of who's going to be playing and, and where you see it shaking out and, sure. and how you think they're going to end up. So the Bears, you know, famously drafted Mitch Trubisky over Mahomes over Deshaun Watson. You know, I was the one, I was arguing for Deshaun Watson on draft day. Uh, but that's, you know, it's, a, it's so long past the point And I've had so right. many discussions with this. It's it's not even worth arguing. It's, the a, fact it's the ma- a meme at this point. It's exactly. not even like, yeah. The, the fact of the matter is the Bears have Mitch Trubisky on the roster. And the fact of the matter is the Bears did not pick up his fifth-year option, and they traded their fourth-round pick to acquire Nick Foles, a former Super Bowl MVP. So I just cannot imagine that Nick Foles did not have the inside track to be in the week one starter for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, it's weird because this would almost be the, a rare possible preseason battle, you know, if there was such a thing as a preseason this year, right? Right. Oh, yeah. Matt Nagy had uh, come on and said if that was the case that, you know, Foles would take the first quarter with some games and Trubisky the other ones. I think that what it comes down to is basically this. Mitch Trubisky is everything you would want in a franchise quarterback. You know, he's got prototypical size. He's got, you know, he's super charismatic. He's great with the media. He's great in the community. He's got everything except for actually playing quarterback. So the Bears want him to be the franchise guy if he can figure it out on the field. And he's shown so many flashes in the past of not just goodness, but greatness. He's had a six-touchdown game. He's had so many great throws that are just put on a dime that you don't expect Mitch Trubisky to be able to make. And it's those little nuggets, those little breadcrumbs that keep you coming back, being like, this is the Mitch we envision. This is the Mitch we want. But at the end of the day, it's, he's missing so many of the easy throws. He's missing so many of the basic reads that Nick Foles is just a master at. 
you know, that's what he was a master at with the Eagles in Philadelphia, getting the ball out within two to three seconds, always making the right read. And most importantly, throwing the ball away when there's nothing there and making it to the next play. Trubisky has a lot of issues with just advancing the next down and trying to make something out of nothing. Sometimes just taking the nothing is the right play. Yeah, it's funny because if, if you showed, if you said like, hey, random Raiders fan, what do you think Mitch Trubisky's stats were last season? He played 15 games. I feel like his stats were much better than the random fan would guess, right? He threw 17 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. A uh, uh, 63% completion percentage, which, you know, a couple of years ago would have been like, all right, he's set for life. And now it's, you know, it's, I think the low league average. Um, but he was not disastrous. He was, you know, he was under pressure a lot. Uh, it is it is funny that his numbers are a little better than than I remember from last year. Right. Yeah, he because a lot of the mistakes that Mitch made don't necessarily lead to interceptions because, you know, not even the defender was able to catch the ball. It was that off. Uh, yeah. The, um, so, so you're, you're going out and you're saying that Foles is going to be the week one quarterback though. I'm fairly confident that Foles is going to be the guy, you know, you've, we've seen, uh, the beat writers report on some Trubisky's great throws. Uh, but I, you just don't go out and trade for a quarterback, uh, with Nick Foles' contract, unless you're going to give him the shot. The bears could have gotten Cam Newton for nothing if they, you know, they wanted to go that route, but they invested real draft capital and real financial capital in Nick Foles. And I think the Bears would love for Trubisky to beat him out. But, you know, no preseason, no training camp. I think they got to give Foles a shot. I mean, he's an interesting gatekeeper because he's obviously better and a zillion times more accomplished than your typical, like, usually who's in the scenario, Jake. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? It's uh, Josh McCown, that sort of of guy. Right, TJ Yates, Tyrod Taylor in in, uh, the Chargers. You know, that's who Herbert's got to beat out. Tyrod Taylor is a a good quarterback in my opinion, but. Yeah, no, Taylor is, is, He's is no Super Taylor's Bowl MVP. higher than those guys, right. Um, right? But so Foles is good in 2013. He wins the Super Bowl in 2018. His 13 isn't just good. You know, 27 touchdowns, I think, two interceptions. Two interceptions, yeah. Yeah. Had, I believe so he had a seven-touchdown game in one of those games. Yeah, when he's good, he's historically good. He's one of the strangest players in the history of the NFL, just if you look at his, you know, his, his, uh, his let's say, pro football reference page or something. Uh, so it's very hard to predict what you're going to get. And obviously his ceiling is incredibly high. Uh, I was never a fan of Mitch coming out of – North Carolina. And, uh, I, I, you know, I, it's like you said, it's easy to say, I told you so, but I'm trying to think of anybody who's had Mitch's first three years and his second year wasn't so bad either. I think I, I you know, he, he, he won, uh, he only lost three times the second year, uh, cause he missed a couple of games, right. His, his, uh, he threw 24 touchdowns. Didn't throw that many interceptions. I, I, but I still like the total package. I'm trying to think of a quarterback who had his first three years and ended up being, like a, let's say a perennial I mean, purple level player. Here's not, the thing. I can, I, level, I can, I can think of a quarterback who really struggled, you know, his first season. I mean, granted, he, he really picked it up after that. And that would be Peyton Manning. And I'm not going to say that Mitch Trubisky is anything close to Peyton Manning. Yeah, but, but Peyton Manning is first three, year at 28 interceptions. Than, yeah. Yeah. So, but by yeah, year, by, by year three, he was a lot better yeah. than, than Mitch Trubisky. There's, there's no contest that, you know, you can't even put Trubisky in that atmosphere, but. You know, there is, you know, you have seen quarterbacks in the past. Uh, and, and the thing is with Trubisky is I still think that he is a talented guy. I just don't necessarily think that Chicago is going to be the place for his talent is revealed. I think it might have to be with another team, with another coaching staff, with another fan base that's willing to give him a chance. Because I think at this point, you know, he needs to have absolute perfection for the Bears fans not to just immediately call for fools at the first sign of a bad throw or interception. Right. Well, it's, you know, it's interesting there that if he was starting, there is actually not going to be any booing 
for a guy, you know, a guy, you know, fans always, of course, love the backup and are rooting for the backup when the quarterback is struggling. He's the most popular guy, right? But no one, and that's nowhere gonna, more true than in Chicago. Right. And, and so the Bears fans are, are, are more than happy to, you know, to boo Trubisky, you know, if, if there was, you know, in their home opener. But it's not going to happen. I do wonder if that would have given him a leash at, you know, if he, if he actually earned the, uh, the starting gig. Let's talk about these skill position players, Jake. Sure. Yeah. Let's um, move on. So people, yeah, people were, people were, uh, you know, pretty excited about David Montgomery. Um, his, his numbers were, I'd say, whelming last year. What are, you know, does he have, does he have like, uh, sort of an unlimited, you know, this basically is like the, the job completely his and, and is he completely set in? What have you seen for Montgomery in terms of building on a okay first year? So in terms of, is the job completely his, the bears also do have Tariq Cohen and they love to yeah. use him as a gadget back and uh, running sweeps and stuff like that. So Montgomery is certainly the lead back, but the job is not completely outright his because Tariq Cohen is going to get a lot of usage. Uh, I, I commented earlier, a little, you know, pithy off the mark comment about Matt Nagy's commitment to the run game. And, you know, I, a lot of my complaints with the bears, honestly have less to do with Trubisky and more to do with Nagy. Uh, I think a lot of his play calling leaves a lot to be desired. I think that he thinks that he's a lot more creative and crafty than he actually is slash the bears don't have the, the talent or to execute what he wants to run. But that being said, you know, you, a key part of being a coach is you just the talent that you have. I think we're going to see that, you know, with the Patriots this year with Cam Newton, I think the Patriots are going to run a vastly different offense than you see with Tom Brady. Uh, they're going to be a lot, lot more run heavy, you know, Cam Newton's on that one year deal. So they can even treat him like a college player where they don't really have to worry, worry about him getting hurt because he's not in the long-term plans of that franchise. But back to David Montgomery, I do expect the bears to feature him a lot more heavily this year. Uh, Matt Nagy would, would give up a lot uh, uh, in the run game and really just go with those bubble sweep passes to Tariq Cohen or bubble passes to the outside of Taylor Gabriel as those short runs, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but they just really weren't working that off because defense had scouted out. And so the bears made some additions to the offensive line. And uh, even with the loss of Kyle Long, one of the team captains and perennial fan favorites, I do think the bears are going to be a lot more committed to running the ball this year. And David Montgomery is going to be a huge factor of that in between the tackles. Yeah. Um, let's do some uh, sort of like one, two minute lightning uh, round sort of uh, position group uh, breakdowns here. All right. The, the Bears complete the sense. The Bears receiving group, let's say just the receivers, forget about a tight end for a second. The Bears receiving group is average, above average, below average, great, terrible. Where would you put it? I'm going to put it at average, but I'm going to note that with underrated. Because the Bears, yeah. certain, the Bears receivers, you know, a lot of people are, do not give the Bears receivers a lot of credit. And Allen Robinson has, is a great uh, number one receiver on the outside. He's a big body guy who's got great hands, can go up and catch the ball in traffic. You know, he had that great year with Jacksonville before getting hurt. And while he's been with the Bears, he's easily the number one target. Uh, the Bears love to feed him the ball, and he's really been a really solid receiver for us. We have Anthony Miller, who's the number two receiver that we traded up for in the drafts a couple years ago. He is not lived up to his potential, but, you know, everyone in camp is, loves him this year, and we got to see a lot more production out of him. So the Bears uh, are an average group of receivers in the league, but underrated. I think they could surprise a lot of people. Yeah, and, and what about the line? Do you think the line is, is, an, is a bigger issue this year? Do you think it's going to be better than last year? Well, I that's see different places I... That, I see different places that have the, the line somewhere in the average to slightly below average rankings. Is that fair? I think that's fair. Um, the Bears are losing Kyle Long, who, while he was, you know, definitely slowing down towards the end of his career, still a huge leader in the locker room. And I think losing leadership is always something that's super underrated. 
uh, in the NFL when a key guy of that team leaves. But that's one of my things that I'm hoping for with Nick Foles is that Foles is really a master of getting the ball out quickly, that because he's going to make these snap reads and quick, accurate throws, it's not going to really matter because the ball is going to be out before the offensive line can let the defenders, the defensive pass rush through. Right. And last year, the uh, pass blocking was acceptable and the run blocking was abysmal, you know, which is... Yeah, the know, run blocking the was really bad. numbers were uh, struggled so much. Uh, flipping over to the defense, uh, you talked about Roquan Smith already. Uh, you know, one of the... It's funny because the Bears, like, a sort of high... The, the Bears are a little bit like the Jets in the sense that they're a mid, major market team that's a little bit like a... Get, you know, gets mid-major attention sometimes, especially when they don't have a star quarterback which is almost always like Allen robinson like you said one of the most underrated if not the most underrated receiver in the league in 98 catches last year and i think you could probably say the same defensively maybe one of the handful of most uh underrated defensive players in the league from a national perspective is eddie jackson right like he's not any if he's worse it's five percent like it's you know not significantly worse than the jamal adams derwin james those guys and he might be better you know the viking safeties uh, but, you know, Eddie doesn't have the uh, necessarily the national profile yet. Is that right? Right. Yeah. So Eddie plays a different style than the Adams and the Derwin James, because those are, you know, strong safeties in the box, making big hits. Mm-hmm. And Jackson is more of that Ed Reed style. He's going to play center field and get a lot of picks. You know, let's not forget, Eddie Jackson was an all pro safety two years ago. Uh, he is certainly exactly as you said, one of the most underrated players. And he is really one of the key factors of this Bears defense, being able to, uh, you know, man center field and let the pass rush do their thing, force the throws and pick them off. Uh, is Khalil Max slowing down, Jake? You know, that's a – I think that's an unfair characterization of him. I watched, obviously, every Bears game last year, and he gets double teamed or triple teamed on every single play. Right. You know, the, 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 the mindset for most offensive coordinators is Mac is not going to beat us. If Leonard Floyd beats us, if Akeem Hicks, you know, one, he was playing because he was injured for a while last year, beats us, or if any of these other interior defensive linemen beat us, fine, so be it. But we're not going to let Khalil Mack beat us. Uh, I think Cleo Mack is just as good as he always was. He's just as hungry as he's been before. He really wants to prove himself after that bad year. And the Bears did sign his brother, Ladarius Mack, as an undrafted free agent this year. So that just could be extra motivation. That family around him could really help motivate it. And let's not forget Robert Quinn on the other side should help mm-hmm. alleviate some of those double teams. Is Mack the best player on this team? Oh, without a doubt. Okay. I, I mean, you could in say terms of, In terms of right. No, in terms of raw talent, Khalil Mack is one of the most okay. talented players in the entire league. Yes. What what's what's the spot you're most worried about? I get we're talking defense, but you could go with all, all twenty two, like offense or defense. Which position? Well, the spot I'm most worried about is quarterback. Yeah. Other than so, okay. Other we like but to talk about that, two to yeah two to fifty three on this podcast, which is everyone sure. but the quarterback. <laughs> uh, other than that, I'm going to go with cornerback. Uh, we have mm-hmm. Kyle Fuller, who is again a former All Pro cornerback, first round pick. Uh, but as we mentioned, Artie Burns, we signed him to be the number two cornerback, tore his ACL out for the year. The Bears spent a second-round pick on Jalen Johnson, a cornerback from Utah. You know, he's been dealing with a little bit of injuries, but it's going to be a him or Kevin Tolliver that's going to have to step up and be that number two cornerback. And Tolliver has been on the team last year, last couple of years, in a special teams role. Uh, so that's a big step up for him and asking a rookie to be an outside receiver, especially in that NFC North where you've got the guys like Adam Thielen, Devontae Adams, Kenny Galladay. They're going to be able to match up on the rookie receiver, get him away from Kyle Fuller. Uh, that, that's definitely the spot I'm most worried about on the team this year. Uh, yeah, and so this is a little trickier because you're really just going based on the beat writers' uh, impressions. But is there anybody who's really blown up at camp this year? Like, it could be someone who wasn't supposed to make the roster who will, or maybe someone who's going to be a backup and now looks like they need to get a starting role. Oh, without a doubt, the number one player who's been blowing up across camp is rookie tight end Cole Komet. 
the Bears' first pick in the draft, second-round pick, first tight end taken off the board from Notre Dame. Everyone's saying he looks like a beast. He's going to be the starting tight end over Jimmy Graham day one. Uh, and, you know, we know that Foles loves feeding the tight end. So I expect Cole Komet to be a, a strong participant in this offense. The Bears have been – even though there was a lot of memes about the Bears having 10 tight ends on the roster, the Bears' tight end was an extremely weak position last year. People like J.P. Holstead and uh, Darren Fells and Trey Burton, who's now off the team, uh, and they were really not very successful. But Cole Komet really looking to be one of the next big tight ends in the NFL. Right, so they didn't have a first-round pick because of the Khalil trade, right? Correct. That was the um, final, so, right, the so, final, the final pick gone for the, yes. the Mac trade, and now then the Bears did get that second. They did get the second round pick back that was used to draft mm-hmm. Komet. Right, and they didn't they also pick uh, Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson with their own second round pick, yes. Yeah, yeah. So they 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 had two second round picks. So they have a, a legitimate. It's funny, Cole Komet. Uh, no offense, I I feel like he, that's the name of a bust. You know what I mean? <laughs> it will be hard. Like imagine two years from now, like the best tight end in football is Cole Komet. Not like, yeah, I don't know. So... I don't know. It's, it feels wrong. <laughs> but, uh, all right. Um, all right. Coach confidence, uh, uh, you know, rankings. What, wh- how would you right now on a scale of one to 10? And you can elaborate. Uh, wh- where would you say, sometimes we start with this, honestly. Uh, where, would you, where would you say your confidence in the coach is right now? Uh, my confidence in Matt Nagy is, is certainly low. Uh, mm-hmm. I would probably rate it on a scale of 10, probably three out of 10 in his ability to, you know, lead this team. He definitely, you know, he won coach of the year in his first year. He led the Bears yeah. to the playoffs. And since then, he's just, I don't know if he's just trying to do what was working then, but he hasn't made any adjustments. He hasn't shown the ability to, you know, change the game plan on the fly. And I'm just really concerned about his abilities. The Bears defense has been the strength of the team for the last few years. And mm-hmm. Nagy is an offensive coach. So if he's this, you know, alleged offensive genius that the Bears bring in, they bring him from Kansas City. And what happens when he leaves Kansas City? They win the Super Bowl. I'm not saying it's, you know, he was the reason behind why they lost before, because obviously, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't get to play with Patrick Mahomes. But that being said, you know, Nagy is very confident in his own abilities. And I think when you, when you haven't necessarily proven that it's been warranted, the Bears made the playoffs and they lost in the first round to the Eagles. Granted, they were in position to win the game. I'm not even going to mention how we lost that game because it's still too triggering to even bring up. Yeah. But, you know, and that's like a lot of the issues with the Bears is, you know, a lot of people like to, you know, talk bad about Mitch Trubisky, but Trubisky got them in position to win that game. He was not the reason why the Bears lost that playoff game. The Bears, if we win that game, we play the Rams the next round. The Bears have beaten the Rams 15-6 to in that season. We'd be talking about Trubisky and the Bears a whole lot differently if just mm-hmm. one kick was a few inches to the right. And that's, you know, they say – Football is a game of inches, right? That famous speech, Al Pacino, and it's really just so true. The entire franchise changed in those few inches. Right, although maybe then Trubisky plays, what's that, then they make the NFC Championship game, and then Trubisky, uh, you know, goes six for 40 and, get, and gets exposed, and then it's like, all right, why are we even bringing this guy back next year? Um, I'm just kidding. But um, so last year, the Bears, I think, allowed the fourth fewest points but scored the fourth fewest points, which people will forget um, – their offense was actually top 10 in points uh, in the 12 and four year while still being uh, number one in points defensively, obviously when they went uh, 12 and four last year. So they regressed everywhere, right? Their defense was still very good. It went from great to very good. Their offense went from good to very, very bad. Uh, if let's say hypothetically, they go eight and eight again. So that would be 12 and four, eight and eight, eight and eight, no losing seasons. Do you think Nagy keeps his job at eight and eight? 
So if it were up to me, no. But then you have to consider Ryan Pace is the one who's responsible for that. And he has to consider his own job security as well. Considering the fact he's already busted the Trubisky pick, is he want to, if he admits that Nagy is not the right coach, then why would the ownership group have confidence in Pace to be able to make that call? Yeah, but if you don't hire your second, like it, it's easier to hire your second coach uh, now than if you wait one more year, then he'd for sure be toast. You know what I mean? You have to sort of time it right. That's true. I think if, if he goes eight and eight, I think he'll manage to get a stay of execution. So I think he would manage to keep his job. Yeah, that'd be funny. It's, uh, it, it's definitely happened, but the coach getting fired with three seasons, none under 500, uh, isn't super common. Although we do see coaches that don't win playoff games getting the ax after three years pretty commonly nowadays. Uh, you know, unless you're, you know, in Cincinnati or Detroit or, you know, some of the really right. more conservative. Well, Although you guys are see- relatively conservative in terms of firing coaches, right? Yeah, so the Bears do not like to fire coaches. Uh, they, they really like to ride with their guys. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I know this is football, but compared to basketball, we've seen a lot recently. You know, Nick Nurse was fired – not Nick Nurse, I'm sorry, Dwayne Casey was fired from Toronto, and Nick Nurse goes on to replace him. They win the title the next year. You know, we saw it with mm-hmm. the Cavs. They fired David Blatt. Ty Lue comes in. They win the championship. So I think, you know, that will start to – that's obviously been happening in soccer for a while too. You know, the coaches get sacked all the time for bad spurts. So I think we're going to start seeing that more so in football uh, where there's going to be a little bit more pressure on coaches to get things done, especially with all these young guys coming in. People are just looking for the next Sean McVay and are kind of willing to cycle guys in until they find that next hit. Yeah, absolutely. I, I also think uh, we've talked about this a few on a few different episodes, but like because there's such a strict salary cap, but there is none for coaches. Like if you have a rich owner, just throw money at the wall until you find the next Bill Belichick, right? Like just keep looking for – you know, if you, it's the same thing with you can't do it with a quarterback because everyone's you know all thirty two teams are looking for the same thing. But you can you know if if you have a you know one of the richer owners, I, I, you guys I guess don't. You don't also know, can but, trade uh, head coaches, and that's something that yeah. I, you know, we don't really see that much. But that could be a you know a, a market exploitation factor right there. Yeah, like, the Bears got to calm down. They no more no more trading first round picks for, <laughs> for anything. For, I uh, agree. The Bears got to right. got to keep their picks. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's uh, move towards the end here with uh, our over under. Actually, you know what? Let's let's do something very quickly. Uh, let's do over under. If we have time for not bombed yet, we'll 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 play a very quick game at the end. Um, so their number is eight and a half most places, which I would have thought it's eight. I mean, I don't know if people have seen it elsewhere. This is like a two week old number that I have, but eight and a half seems a little high for the Bears. Honestly, would you go over or under that? So eight and a half is what I've seen as well, and I do mm-hmm. think it is a little high. But kind of like you said, you know, you, you look at Trubisky's numbers and they were better than you think, and you look at the defense and it's better than you remember. And I think the Bears are one of those teams that just have been underrated. They had a bad year last year, but, you know, regression to the mean, they should be getting back to where they were before. And, you know, Nick Foles coming in, he's going to not make those mistakes that Trubisky made. If Trubisky just didn't make those mistakes, let alone make extra good throws, if he just didn't make the mistakes he made last year, the Bears probably would have won two, one or two more games and made it into the playoffs. The Bears were the 19th pick in the draft, they were the second team to miss the playoffs. I'm going to go over eight and a half, for the Bears, I think that this mm-hmm. is a nine or ten win team this year with Nick Foles as quarterback. All right, and I'm not going to troll, but because I thought the number was eight, I'm going to pound the under here. This is as of right now. We do like a formal one after the after we you know really go through all 32 teams. But I'm going to I'm going to go under just because you know if I, I like to guess the number and if it's lower or higher, like all right, it's a, it's a free half win. So I'm going to go under eight and a half. And you know the Bears, like we said, they can go eight and eight, not have a terrible season like last year, and you still win the bet. Um, all right, we still have about one minute. Let's play the roster game, America's favorite game, Jake, which is uh, pick a number between 0 and 100. I'm going to name a random player on the Bears, and you're going to tell me in 10 seconds or 20 seconds 
anything you know about the person, don't be uh, don't be uh, discouraged if you have never even heard of the person because we might get really to the back of the roster here. Okay. Uh, so between zero and a hundred, pick a number. And that's not and that's not the corresponding jersey number. So don't don't pick uh, you know twelve or something like that and think right. you're, you're good. We'll go with uh, we'll go with nineteen. Nineteen. All right. All right, uh, Jake. Who's Kindle Wilder? Oof, Kendall Wilder. I believe he was one of our draft picks. I believe he's a sixth mm-hmm. round pick. Yeah, fifth uh, round pick this year. Fifth round pick. Uh, that's really college. I don't. Him. No, I don't know where he went to college. I love, he went to right Georgia now. Southern. To... Didn't who else? That's not where Tariq went, is it? Georgia Southern. No, Tariq went to North Carolina A and T, I believe. Oh, okay. Fine. He went to uh, HBCU. Okay, uh, Georgia Southern. Yeah. I do not. I, I'm not I'm, uh yeah no i don't i'm trying to think who george doesn't have like i think a good aren't they uh fcs and they're good and that's a good fcs team i think um anyway that's uh that's been uh kindle wilder talk everyone's favorite segment that's um, kindling yeah, yeah all right uh anything anything else going on anything you want to talk about in the next 30 60 seconds anything you want to plug jake i really appreciate you coming on you did a good job here 